Hello and welcome to the Mythological Africans podcast, where we read and talk about stories from African mythology and folklore. I am your host, Helen Day. Episodes of this podcast come from live recordings of the Mythological African Storytime Sessions, which took place on Friday evenings at 5 p.m. Eastern Time U.S. on the Mythological African Twitter space. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making time. My name is Helen. I host uh, the Mythological Africans platform. And welcome to our regular Friday evening gathering. We meet to read stories and talk about them. Um, But as we all know, storytelling is done with words, it's done with sound, and it is done with color as well. And I'm really excited for our guests this evening because they are three uh, three illustrators whose work I really, really enjoy, whose work I really, really enjoy. And um, when I was thinking about people to add color and depth and meaning to the runaway princes and other stories, they are the, the, the three people that really came to my mind because I I had, you know, their art fit with some of the characters and thankfully they said yes and you guys have seen some of the art that they've made and um, it's really, it's really just a pleasure and an honor to have you all here. So welcome to everybody, but especially welcome to Ijeoma, welcome to Mark and welcome to Zizian. So what, what the... The plan for today will start off with some introductions, so I'll have the illustrators introduce themselves, and then um, we'll just have a discussion. And this, this, the intention here is to reflect on how important art is to storytelling, but also um, the expanding potential of art as a storytelling tool. We are all online to some extent, and we see how the game is changing, new tools coming in, AI is coming in, like the, the, the art and illustration game is moving as fast as the technology game is. And, you know, I'm curious to hear from our illustrators, but also from um, everyone gathered here, what, you know, what our feelings are about that. But um, I also want to hear from the illustrators just about your creative process. Um, I, I believe that everybody has a creative side that they indulge in different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be art. And um, the, the process by which you arrive at you know, something that you're offering to the world is always fascinating to me. So I'm really, really interested in hearing um, you guys' creative processes, but especially as related to this project. Um, I have my impressions of things as I worked with you people, but I really just am curious to hear what, you know, what's going through your head, how you you built your images and, you know, what you, you drew inspiration from and all of that. So I hope we get to talk about that as well. And then um, just thoughts on the illustrator and art scene of the African continent, because I think that's a very exciting space right now and with good reason. So curious about your thoughts about that. And then just questions and comments from the audience. So that's that's the plan we have for today. So welcome again, everybody. I'll go through and make sure you all have the ability to speak. And I'll ask that we reserve all questions and comments to the end of the session. So we have um, time to maximize the, the 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 discussion, you know, get the most out of it. All right, so I will turn over to our illustrators. And um, how about you go first, Ijeoma? Because I think alphabetically you go, you're the first. Yeah, all right, Ijeoma, if you can hear us and you can connect as a speaker. I share clearly. Okay, great. All right, so Ijeoma, you have the floor. Thank you. Hi, good evening. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, hi, Helen. Hi, Laura. Hey, hi, everybody. Hi, Zizian. <laughs> I've been following you for some time. Just this is the first time we're actually talking, talking. <laughs> yeah, I realized. Mm. Hey, Helen. It's very hey, nice everyone. to put a voice to the face. Yeah. You're fine. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Okay. Um, okay. So you asked... Um, the first thing was about creative process, right? 
Right. So for now, we are just going to do introductions. Okay. Um, so you'll go, Mark will go, Zizian will go, and then we'll launch into the discussion. Okay. Okay. So my name is Ijoma, and I go by my pseudonym, Art of Achalugo Online, mostly. Um, so I've been a freelance illustrator for over five years, and I'm largely self-taught, largely because, you know, um, YouTube ca- can safely uh, constitute like a curriculum kind of at mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> youtube and the online courses and so on so um yeah so that's my little background um yeah awesome thank you so much for for being here with us thank you all right mark hi helen good evening everyone and uh thank you for having me uh, I'm Minjo Mark, and um, I'm an artist, illustrator, and animator. I've been animating for over two years now, and uh, I've been an illustrator for over four years in partnership with Mastermind Comics. I have a comic book um, I entitled The uh, Black Knight, that is about um, that is about the realities of uh, of um, Low economically developed countries that I have published on Webtoon. Um, well, I, I'm really, I'm really honored to be here because it's always been my dream to work with people that are interested in African stories and all that. And really, meeting you, Helen, was like finding a gold mine, and really, it's really a pleasure. It's, I'm really, really, really honored to to be to to have, to have that opportunity to work with you i'm actually a Cameroonian. thank you thank you mark and it, the pleasure is mine um for for folks who don't come in often mark is one of our regulars so he will come to some of our sessions and just the enthusiasm that he has to you know telling african stories um through art is one of the reasons why you know he's one of the first people i thought about for this project but also because he's you know my fellow Cameroonian, so you know we had to we had to represent we had to represent somehow so it's the pleasure is all mine and the honor is all mine um you might be interested to know that i am cameroonian and i love my people but my favorite africans of all are nigerians like i can't even front i love nigerians guys <laughs> so <laughs> if there is a bit of a nigerian bias in these illustrators right now that is why um speaking of nigerians we'll move to the other person who is Zian. you want to introduce yourself Hey, Helen. Hey, everyone. Hey. I'm Zizian. Um, you can call me Z or Israel. Anyone that sounds cool. <laughs> like Helen said, um, I'm Nigerian. I've been, I'm a freelance artist and digital painter. And I've been at that for like since 2020. So I'm like the newest person here, <laughs> I think. Um, what else? I've been painting since um, since I was a kid, but I only like took it seriously in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like I started to like do it professionally in 2020. Um, before then, I was mostly like traditional. So I'm really, I'm really like like um, Mark said. I'm also honored to be here as well because I try. When Helen approached me, I told her that I was um, I was tentatively free to like take on this project because I try to take on projects that I'm personally invested in, that I can be personally invested in and that like aligns with my own interest as well, my own artistic interest as well. So when she told me that she wanted me to um, make illustrate, like make paintings and illustrations about like um, African women warriors and like icons and like legends, like that was totally in line with like my, should I say my theme. Mm. So um, I'm really glad like took it on, like she approached me, it's, I'm deeply flattered. So it's really great to be here and I hope that this, um, this turns out to be a very fruitful and enjoyable session. So thank you. Thank you and thank you all three of you. It- Again, I feel like I got the better end of the deal here because I'm working on these stories, I'm immersed in them, but I also get to pick some of my favorite artists and see you guys just work literal miracles because I 
sometimes I feel like you folks were ready for this because I, you know, I kind of gave prompts and some guidance and the, the, the stuff that came back, you know, just blew my mind on all counts. Like the, the innovation, the, the originality that you brought to it, the attention to detail, um, and just the flexibility working together um, is something that Laura mentioned that quite often people who, publishers who do picture books and things like that, illustrated books, um, tend to want to separate the writers from the illustrators because there can be fiction. And speaking from my end, I feel like you three have been like, you know, you've probably ruined me for the rest of this experience because it's like this this was just a premium experience working with you guys your professionalism and your just your enthusiasm was was just something to behold but um we are not here to hear from me so i'm going to turn everything back to you all and and before we delve into you know art and artsy fartsy business i'm a bit curious so from each of you what like I've heard people mention that you know you you've been painting from when you were a child and all of that, but how what what was your pathway to professional illustration, um, Ijoma? Okay, um, for me, yeah, the whole yeah the whole drawing from when you were younger definitely applied. Um, after I got into uni. You drop, there's a period of your life for most artists that you drop it because you're looking for a real job, mm. etc. Uh-huh. So um, that happened. And then it was during NYSC, that's uh, my country's national youth service program, that I, at uh, the encouragement of my husband, I picked it up again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so in between um, doing like a nine to five and um, just practicing on the side and you know getting a few commissions here and there um, I started I became fully freelance as of um, 20 uh, no this is um, uh, uh, last actually last year like 2021 September yeah so it's been a year and a few months since I've actually been fully free- freelance and it's been really it's been really great actually um yeah the the whole pathway was not linear that's the thing and I wouldn't advise anybody to just jump ship immediately unless you have a steady source of um uh, commissions or so on coming in that kind of thing so yeah that's that's been my pathway lovely lovely and we'll return to what life is as you know an artist, you know, fully freelance. We'll return to that to put a pin there. But let's let's hear from Mark, um, your path into doing illustration professionally. Well, actually, um, it was like, how can I put it? It it was kind of like preparation meets opportunity because I was actually working as a traditional freelance artist and... um, Somebody saw my work on, online and uh, invited me to come learn animation. Oh, wow. So okay. When I got there, I was really passionate about the issue because it's drawing to me is like a habit. Hmm. <laughs> so, so when I went there, I was really, my skills were not really perfect. But when I got there, he saw how, how passionate I was and gave me a lot of tips and made me understand a lot of tutorials because sometimes when you get on YouTube, you you get the tutorials, but you have no one to really explain some small tricks that artists use mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. as the way they are. So he was the one who was my mentor for all the time that I spent in the studio working as both an animator and an illustrator and really was so helpful to me I'm really I'm really grateful to him and right now um well it's thanks to him that I'm certified as an artist here in Cameroon mm-hmm. and um before that I I met I I just decided it was like drawing came to me like I had stopped after my high school I stopped I was really frustrated because you know supporting the idea it was like mm-hmm. an artist is not a job you are too intelligent to be an artist you so many gifts being an artist is not really it's just like settling for less but the thing is that really i wasn't feeling happy 
working as a banker because I actually studied banking and finance. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, well, I wasn't really feeling the job. It was really not fulfilling. So I just told myself that if people can make it as artists, why not me? So I took my leap of faith and began putting out comics online. And despite all the critics, I, I started having commission, constant commissions and all that. And that is how I got signed into Mastermind Comics before I even got into animation. So my part, though, like Ijoma said, not linear and not mm-hmm. very stable. It was really, really, how can I say? It It was just amazing. It, every, it was, it's like every year I get a miracle. That is since like 2019. So... I'm really grateful to God and I'm grateful to all those who have supported me through this part. I think that should be it. Yeah, and we are grateful with you because uh, without all of that, I don't think you would be here and we wouldn't be seeing just the amazing things. So um, Mark did the portrait and the scene. So something I'm doing throughout this book is for each character. I want to get a portrait, so a close-up look at who they are, and this is intended to communicate their personality, but also a scene from their life, one like an important scene, something when something pivotal happens in their life. And Mark did the scene for one of my favorite characters from all African mythology and folklore, and that's Kahindo, the goddess of good fortune of the Nyanga people in DRC. And I'm just... I was thrilled when I saw his art because part of it is making it reflective of African women in all possible ways. And I just, I gasped when I saw it because I I had not even imagined Kahindo like that. And it was perfect. It is perfect. So thank you. And Window is a hottie too. Like, but we're we're not talking about Window right now, but Window is kind of hot. Anyway, um, I want to put a pin on something you said, Matt, uh, Mark, because we'll return to that. And that's how much having a mentor was uh, a benefit to you on this journey, because that's something when, we, when we're talking about what's next for artists and illustrators in, in the African space on the African continent. Um, I want to poke at, you know, ideas about how to make it a, a good space, you know, what is going on, because I imagine you guys are more immersed in this than I am. So what is going on and how might things, you know, be better arranged so that, you know, people feel more comfortable taking the leap of faith that, you know, you you, you guys have taken. All right. So Pin in that and um, Pin Ijomai was talking about live as a freelancer, if I remember correctly. So two pins and we will move on to Zizian. So your, your pathway to professional art and illustration. Oh, um. Okay, so for me, I'd say the impetus was um my country's incompetence, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> so um I finished I finished uni- I graduated from uni in like twenty sixteen, like my undergrad and then I did like a postgrad I got a postgrad degree in, in twenty eighteen. That was after my NYSC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ijama said, like the National Youth Service Corps. So after that, like jobs were kind of hard to come by, and I tried for like a while to get something corporate, even though I don't think like America was ever like really ideal for me or optimal. It just felt so um, I don't know draining, and my parents weren't. Well, my mom was supportive, but my dad was more like. You have to get something more stable, you know, like more financially secure. And he, I don't know, I guess now he's kind of like soft enough, but back then he wasn't, he didn't really see art as a, as a, I don't know, like a profession worth. Right, a viable path. Like the respect. Yeah, a viable path or like, like an actual profession. Like for him, it was more like a, a hobby, mm. like a, a leisure activity. So he, there was friction there. But my mom was, like, really supportive. And in fact, she's the one that helped me get, get my first um, digital device for, like, um, painting and shit. So, oh, I'm sorry. Is it okay to swear here? <laughs> uh, this is, uh, this, so I curse, and I've been known to curse in here before. 
but just being mindful that there might be people so we 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 there's grace let's just say that there's grace <laughs> and if it makes right. anybody uncomfortable please just let me know in the dms and we can we can work something out i'll try to check myself um, so yeah my mom like my mom was really and has been really supportive and um yeah so in 2020 that was like i think i was I was going through like this really, I was in like this really, really tough spot, like mm-hmm. mentally. And so my mom like came to me and she like, man, she saw how low I was. And so she was just like, and she knew that I liked to draw and paint. And she was like, well, why don't you like give this thing a shot, right? If all these other pathways aren't working, I was like, you could try getting, you could try like doing this professionally, like getting clients from abroad. So like people could be, Paying you in dollars or in pounds, <laughs> and you could be working from the comfort of your room. Mm. And I was at that point, I'd like even stopped painting because it was everything was just so heavy, right. you know. Yeah. So, um, when after she did that, like I, I started using art as a kind of therapy, mm-hmm. and eventually, like as I started doing more and more. I getting more confident with the tool. Um, I started getting clients, which was very, very valuable and like encouraging. Right, right. Um, like the rest is history. Like now I'm here. I mean, the road is not. It's still like like I'm the newest person. Like I said, so it's not. It's not like concrete. Not everything is smooth sailing right now. But like as a freelance artist, like it's never really the case. Right. Or like as an entrepreneur, but you keep. Like going strong, hoping everything works out. Yeah. Like the in my in my bio, like there's this um there's this phrase, a shot in the dark, right? Like you you never know if it's going to work out, but like you do it anyway because you have a passion for it. Uh-huh. And it's better if you try than if you didn't. I mean, what's the point of being alive if you don't even try, right? So true, true. Yeah, that's why I'm here. That that was my path. Basically, my country's incompetence to summarize. To summarize. <laughs> hey, there's a silver lining, right? A silver lining. And hey, cheers to moms who, who see us, right? And who show up because it sounds like your your mom's knowledge and her, her clear seeing of you certainly was, was what you needed at the time you needed. And I mean, she spoke it into existence, right? You are You are well on your way to having that life of, you know, working from your room and getting paid for your brilliant work. I have to say, um, so I don't know if you guys have looked at the portfolios yet. I just, every single person on this panel is just fantastic, fantastic. And um, I am glad you guys are working. I'm glad you guys are artists because I think that this, these are gifts that deserve to be shared. And um, it's just, it's good to be on the receiving end. It really is. It really is. So speaking of art and all of that, you know, I want to hear about creative processes. So yeah, we, you know, you pick up a pencil and you sketch things when you're a kid, but like, say you have a project to work on this project, for example, what's the, the process for you? So let's, um, how, how, how we, we, we could go about this. Um, just talk about your creative process in general, but flow into how you approach the work that you did for this project so but this this is this is the part i've been looking forward to you guys so please give give me all the details i want to hear everything ijoma so what what's what's the process like for you because you you have a very you have a very what's the word eclectic like you're you i was looking at your portfolio and you have a very broad range you know the, the different art styles that you use you know um what's what's that process like for you Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't, I don't draw with one particular um, style per se because honestly, I've always been that kind of person that wants to do everything. Like, yeah, if you mm-hmm. name it, I can probably want to do it. The only thing in an art career I probably don't want to do is 3D. So basically, I have a style mm-hmm. that I would like to use for comics. There's a style I'd like to use for like picture books. There's a style I like to use for like fantasy illustration, etc. That kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a style for almost everything I'm interested in. And yeah, just like Zizi and I've always been 
interested in African mythology and folklore, and especially like I really think that this is a this is a field that is completely slept on. So that's the kind of thing I'd like to do to promote it. And so, uh, yeah, okay. To the question of my process, okay. So there's two processes. One is for self-directed work. That is my personal work for my um, both for my portfolio and just because I like it. And then there's for commissions. So let me start with the one for commissions. Like when you came to me for this, this is the kind of project I've always wanted to sink my teeth into. So I do a lot of extensive research into the culture, the wherever, like, uh, for example, you, you, you mentioned a particular nation, a particular group of people, a particular ethnic group. I will do whatever, I'll do some research on them, just Google them and everything, find any pictures, I can scrounge off the internet and put them together and see if I can take those details and infuse them into the process. And then there's the sketching, the thumbnailing, uh, I make a couple of thumbnails trying to, uh, trying to figure out how the story should look, how the person, the portrait should look. Uh, I, I, I sketch a couple of angles, I sketch a couple of um, scenarios, and then depending on if it's you or I that pick, you can pick out which of the scenarios looks uh, you feel looks best. Uh, or sometimes it's up to me, and then I would pick which I feel really really um, showcases the story. Mm-hmm. So then it's on to um, sometimes line work, sometimes not. It varies. Like since my process varies, it, sometimes I can work with or without line work. Mm-hmm. So I move from that, and then colors. I every color has to everything has to um, sort of. The colors have to show emotions, mm-hmm. so I have to do a little bit of research on that too because I'm just like, uh, yeah, I, I like, I, I want, I want the colors to bring the story alive. So I look, I test a few colors out, and then whichever works, that's the one I use. And um, yeah, that uh, that's mainly it. So I can do a variety of styles. Um, I can do a variety of mediums i can use a variety of mediums and i can use the digital art uh, digital software to mimic those mediums so yeah that's the thing that's the thing i love about digital software you can basically do those traditional methods on the, your computer you don't actually have to learn how to use a watercolor right, brush right so yeah Mixing that's, that's the thing i love about it priming and all that fun stuff all that fun yeah, stuff exactly so um do you you do work with material it sounds like when you yeah I, I yeah I can work with both the traditional and digital I can use um, more than not than not I actually prefer starting my sketches with like real like pencils like live mm-hmm. pencils or graphite mm-hmm. I prefer that uh, it's much more organic my head I don't think we've reached I don't know about other people but I don't think we reached that stage of we connect directly to computers yet I don't know about other people I'm sure maybe younger generations can. They, they they can draw directly into the it's iPad. Going to be a I, very different world for sure. Exactly. Like, I don't think I can. I even when I'm writing, I write with a pen and paper first. And then Eva same thing writes, with... by the way, in, in case <laughs> doesn't know, she she does short stories and snippets alongside with the art, which is really really good too. Thanks. So yeah, that's basically my process in a nutshell. I research, then thumbnails, then sketches and lines and colors yeah lovely so question um this is to do with this project in particular the runaway princess um so you got you know the scenes the stories and everything um what was one thing so this is the twofold question what was something that stood out to you something that you had fun with you really enjoyed about you know the character or the story you know that made making art for it a, a, a good experience for you and what was something you struggled with okay okay something i enjoyed i enjoyed i really do enjoy um the process of reiterating my own research like um yeah so um like um, getting the costumes correct getting the 
the what's it called getting the costumes correct getting the the hairstyles it's things things as small as hairstyles like getting all those minor details correct i like doing that because my aim is possibly to reach into like visual development for a tv animation Right. So you you find that all these details are quite important, and most people don't notice them, but they sort of add to the whole story. Like if you look at Moana, for example, mm-hmm. you may not notice all the details of um, uh, Motunui, the land she lives in, but all of them sort of just blend in everything, and you just see it so it's so good like together. So that's what I like about the process. I like finding out those details and trying to get them correct and drawing them and redrawing them sometimes. But something that I do struggle with, um, something that I do struggle with sometimes is the story itself. Like there are a lot of different um, angles and sometimes I feel like I might not be able to do justice to it. Mm. So yeah, choosing one out of the many is a bit hard for me sometimes. So that's the one thing I struggle with. So how I... The only way through it, the only way through it for me is to say um, it has to be finished, not perfect. Right, right, yes. Right. Finished is better it, than perfect. Per- uh, perfection is the enemy of something. Progress. Yes. So there's a, there's a term like that, and I I have to say for you as well as for Mark and all the other people, um, there wasn't a single like initial sketch that I looked at and I was like, na 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 na, this is not it. So that that speaks to the that speaks to the attention to detail that that you 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 brought to this you know i remember we had a, a back and forth where well first of all even before that back and forth um the the scene where you have the sky and you're standing next to the sea i love what you did with the sky um this is for uh the mapain don't give bad gifts which is one of the stories in the book and um the story is based around a call a people you know like many west african peoples whose traditions and mythology and folklore are heavily influenced by rivers and seas and the school i went to in cameroon for six years was on the coast so i am intimately familiar with the sky and the different shades it would take in the evening so i looked at that picture and i was like wow this girl just nailed it on the first try like <laughs> this this is amazing because there is there's there are shades you know it's not yet sunset 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 where it's like a darker richer you know orangey purpley but it was just like a light yellowish peach purple thing she had going on and it just it it settled in my bones in the best possible way so I I really enjoyed that and it makes me happy you know to know that on your end you know there is there is some enjoyment you take out of putting in these little details that make the 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 art come alive because you're right you look at Mona you know just by the 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 scene that you're looking at even beyond the characters you get a sense of where they are in the world and how how you know life unfolds and the seasons and things like that and those those are the small things in art which matter a lot you know to to just getting a sense of the art but also if someone knows what they're looking at and that's the conversation we had because um we had a a, a pattern you know that we use on one of the characters' dresses. And it was kind of like, hmm, this pattern is not from a people who live near the sea. How about we explore these others? And Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know, I picked that, okay, because I don't know. I knew you were from Cameroon. I don't really know much about Cameroon. Um, I just wanted to be like, okay, I just want something from Cameroon just for Helen. Oh, I just, said, I just so picked sweet. something. <laughs> but yeah, I should have done you. a little bit more research. I didn't know it was from the northern side. That was That's, okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, so, so Mark, she had she had the character in Togo, right? I you know us Bamda people, we don't have any big seas or waters near us. So yeah. it's kind of like, ah, uh, this is beautiful. But... Yeah, <laughs> and hills, not waterland, water bodies and all. Right. So Mark and I are from the same part of Cameroon, like the same region. So, um, but then you know we we looked at clots from people who are more coastal on the African, the West African coast, and we picked one, and it's it's beautiful. It's just beautiful, the the, the art. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Mark, you already had the mic, so let's let's hear about your creative process, so how you how you approach your work, but also how you approached Kahindo. Well, um, when I started art, I started as a manga artist, and I will not lie to you, 
upbringing, literacy, manga. Well, uh, I wouldn't blame myself because that was the only form of art I, that I could access at that time. So I did manga fan comics for over, I'd say, 10 years. And um, when I got someone for the first time wanted to publish my work, that was just when I was challenged to do something African. Really, I had no references, I had nothing that I could use to even change my side. So, well, I started doing a little research and um, started learning about anatomy, perspective, and all that. And uh, that is how I got with, when I finally met my mentor. That's where I actually had all the tips and tools that could help me actually produce something that looked African. Mm. So, so the guy was, he had worked as an, an artist, an animator, producing purely Cameroonian content for 10 years. Oh, wow. He knew that is actually, he gave me all the tips I needed. So, well, I believe somebody like Sijian, if I'm not mistaken, can relate relate to me because I know most of us that are just comic geeks and we often watch anime or cartoons on TV. When we start art, we are always reproducing what we see. Mm. And because we do not understand the basics of arts, we... We really don't know how to do otherwise. And when, and again, I don't know if it's just for me, but I noticed that us artists, we have this ego when it comes to our creativity. That is, when someone asks you to change, like I'm really impressed by what Idroma said. I'm really impressed because we, we have this tendency of being reluctant to change when it comes to changing our art styles or doing something different other than what we love to do. So when I actually got my first job, working with someone who was not into manga, it was really a big challenge for me. Like mm. every day I would draw something and I would say, no, change this, no, change this. The eyes look too round, too big, too small, too sharp, too triangular and all the like. So it was really hectic. But um, after like some few months, I got a hang of it and um, I started producing something that looked kind of African. Right. I imagine being able to adapt to new demands is, is benefit as, as an artist. Obviously, it's, it's a huge benefit. Like, there are many sides that people that are into comics, and when you get into comics, there are a lot of artists that have produced different works that actually look very different. It's still classified as comics, and those that do, like, uh, how can I say, caricaturing mm-hmm. and stylized art, you might work with someone who is who has has stylized that that has something that is stylized and the the way he does it like you see the way Pixar or DreamWorks or Disney the way they do their work they, it's stylized art but you see there is kind of there's kind of a difference and those who work for like Marvel like Marvel cartoons cartoon networks you see it's really really very different so. When you're flexible, you really get a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. So actually when I worked, and now that I was actually getting into the African scene, it was really not easy because, you know, first of all, there are not many people that are, there are not many people in Africa that do arts and their work is popular enough for people to access it and copy it except for those that are really close to them. Mm. I, my style, if I had to develop my style, because even to date, most of the guys who know me here in Cameroon still criticize my style because it still has some manga elements to it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and also, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who loves fantasy art. Like when I go on art station and I see all the guys doing all the beautiful paintings on things like God of War or maybe Horizon Forbidden Dawn, all those video game designers that do really amazing work like things on Zelda and all the fantasy work. It really mesmerizes me and I really like to produce work like that. Right, right. So so thinking about Kahindo, right, because you, you had Kahindo as uh, one of your characters and um, 
when when you you read her story you know what what was going through your head coming up with what she should look like because i know we had a conversation about that and exactly. um, some something that i i really believe in is that you know a princess or the main female i think disney has kind of ruined us in that regard a little bit because they have a, a way that their princesses present themselves in terms of um, beauty and attractiveness and size and all of that so it was it was a delightful you know surprise for me to see how you depicted kahim we we had a conversation where um you kind of talked me through you know your your thought process and um we we had to tweak a few things but in the end i she's, she's one of my favorites so far um because just there is a compassion in her eyes you know like this this and that is her story this is a woman who has seen things obviously and that's something that i'll be exploring in her story because um i've talked about it before the the intention is to write these stories from inside the women's experience so um talk to us about your kahindo how you brought her to life so for kahindo what really pushed me to design her the way I did was I had to go, I had to do my research because for every good artist, you have to make, you have to do some research to get references. And um, if you look at the um, Bantu people of Africa, you will notice that they are not quite very slim given their diet. And um, so I could not really draw someone that was like, the stereotype that Disney offers to us. I had to draw someone that looked like somebody that if any African or anybody from the Bantu ethnic sees, he would easily recognize. So that's why I had to go for somebody like that. And again, I didn't want to make the hairstyle too exotic because mm-hmm. back in the day, like I remember there was one time I wanted to design a character and then I, I asked someone to tell, give me, to, to try to get me references for for a Congolese, a Congolese goddess and this token that they use. And actually what they gave me was like, African sculptures are quite simple, they're quite very, they're not very complex. So I had to go for something really simple and mm-hmm. still, that would still look beautiful. That's why I had to design her the way I did. And also her, her story was really, it's not like the typical Disney princess kind mm-hmm. of. To be like, tragic, honestly. If you compare her to someone like Aphrodite or other goddesses of love, like in the Western culture, you would see that it is quite different. She has a deformity, being a mm-hmm. goddess of love, and it's like really put her in that vulnerable state. Like It's like she's testing you, and we all know that true love really puts you to the test. So that vulnerability, the sickness she had, the, the sore she had on her was like, she is the goddess of love and she has that sickness. Like normally in the Western culture we like say, you know, she's like somebody that the moment you set your eyes on her, you just fall for her immediately. But just imagine <laughs> Lady Wood tells you that she's the goddess of love. Like right. they tell you that you'll be the perfect woman for you, but you go around and see a lot of deformity a lot of deformities on her. Right, right. Really touched me when designing her and I really had to bring out that African aspect of her right? so that everyone could see her and say, this is an African woman. Right. Yes. And you had one of the more challenging jobs, uh, Mark, because you are right. She, uh, in the story, Kahindo is infected with yours and this is a skin infection and she literally was covered in these marks from head to toe. So, you know, but then her, her character is just such a beautiful, kind-hearted, you know, person. So it, it was, I, I was really looking forward to what you would do there, you know, how you would depict it. And I think you did fantastic. I, I don't know if you remember the conversation where I was yes, like, uh, this is not uh, what I had in mind, but I'm liking it. And it's really the first time I'm depicting, it was really the first time I'm putting something out there and someone really just confirms that that is what they wanted to see. Because, you know, it's, Sometimes when you're not working with somebody directly, like you're not, the person is not actually seeing the work or you have to go through a process of making a lot of thumbnails and giving out the results and they choose out and they they choose the best. But for Kaindo, it was like, it was kind of a revelation, like, you know, this is what you have to go for. Because I had different 
taken different references from Pinterest. And uh, I just saw that one and she was looking like a woman from the age, an African woman from the ages. And I said, no, this is the one I'm going to go for. This and in case up. anyone is wondering what we're talking about, there's a picture of Kahindu that I've shared in the space. Um, it's another one of my favorite scenes from African mythology. And it's the scene where Mwindu heals her, um, like heals her sores because he's thankful for. Yes, and really, um, I really also love the story because it, it really just has that fantasy element to it. Mm. And, I really love fantasy. Right, right. Okay, so just doing a quick time check in, Mark. Um, thank you for for sharing with us and for being vulnerable, you know, with with the struggle as it is, because you are right. You know, um, sometimes what you serve up is not what people are looking for, and then you have to navigate that. So I really appreciate you, you know, bringing that um, to to the discussion. We are seven minutes to our hour. Um, we might have to go over time a little bit just so we can get some questions and answers in so just putting that out there it's okay if we need to take off but just so we get everybody in before the top of the hour how about we move to Zizian and we are still sorry talking for... about sorry <laughs> sorry for taking so long <laughs> but that's okay that's okay if it, if it needs to be proved then it needs to be proved right um, <laughs> right so again, we're still on, you know, creative process, but creative process with regards specifically to to this project. So, Zian. Okay, <clears throat> so my process is not as um structured or as organized as each one and marks. Um, when you approached me, like what I usually do is I to make things easier for myself. I ask the client to like gracious enough to provide like references so that like my what I present, what I provide, what I like end up making be more in line, their vision, more than like just something that I came up with on a whim. Right? Because at the end of the day you're the one that's paying. So like if you could do it, you would probably do it yourself. So you want it to be I like as close in line with what you like with the idea you have in your head. But at the same time you're also like kind enough to like leave room for me to put my own signature my own um my own um mark in the work so what i do is like, i create like a rough draft and that's after you've given me like um helen helped me to get some references for the two characters like that she commissioned she commissioned me to make and so i create like a rough draft i don't do thumbnails or <laughs> because that's like man just thinking about how Ijoma and mark were talking about like thumbnails and like going to do research and or more like <laughs> that sounds like extra so like, i just i create a rough draft of the initial idea I have for the direction I want to go with with the painting or the portrait. And then I send it to the clients so that they can tell me if they're cool with where I'm going or if they have changes. And if they're cool with it, then I like finish up the painting. And then if there are any little additional touches or modifications they want me to make, then I I do that. But with with this painting in particular, with the paintings, with both of the paintings in particular, I, I, I still went ahead and did some extra research, um, especially because there are some elements that Helen wanted me to add. Like, um, there's this, am I allowed to like mention the characters that like? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like there was like Yenenga, for example. Um, she's a warrior princess and um, or founder of like, um, I've forgotten the name of the tribe, but like mm-hmm. a, like an issue, the Mossy people. Yeah. So she's the founder of that tribe, of that group of people. And Helen wanted me to like showcase her warrior side and her feminine side. And so I had to like, I tried to be careful when like addressing things like masculinity and femininity because it can get really cliched. And like, I don't want to like be stereotypical so i had to do some a bit of research to showcase like something that would be quote unquote feminine about her but that wouldn't be disney Disney disney-esque you know it wouldn't be like uh 
like this soft, dainty, you know, like um, sparkly kind of femininity, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I came, I, I came up with like a flower, like just a, something to the side, like to indicate like um, her her desire to be a a, a nurturer mm-hmm. rather than a fighter. So. Um, I had to do some research for that, and then I also did some research for Kunara as well. Mm-hmm. Kunara's story was <laughs> Kunara's story was like really it's it's it's, it's absurd <laughs> to like summarize it. Yeah, her story like it's really absurd. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Just buy the book and like read what it's about. But um, I think I was most interested in her story, and when um, Ellen showed me like an excerpt of what she's written about her um, I, was, I, was, I was really, really surprised in a good way because I was engrossed in the story. It made, I don't know, it just made me feel like it was, an, it was like an improvement in a way on like the, the folklore that inspired the story. So I was enraptured and I was compelled, like it was, it was really something. So I had to, even for Kunora's story, especially for her scene, I had to like, the way I walk, right? I don't, I may not start out with like a particular, a particular image in my head. Sometimes I like let the painting take me in the direction it wants me to go and then I refine it. So um, with Kunora's scene, with scenes in general, because scenes are not really, I don't really make a lot of scenes. My strong point is like, portraiture okay. but with her scene like I started out like really rough I didn't know like how exactly it was going to look and so it was so surreal when I finally like made the complete like the finished scene and um, Helen showed me the writing like the story show and what I made was like there were a lot of common elements in right. the scene. And I didn't see what he was making, by the way, you guys. I, I hadn't yeah. seen what he was doing, so that was a nice. Yeah, way. it was. It was so wild. Like there were a lot of common elements in the scene I had made and in the writing that she had, like she had um, composed. So like I was like, man, like this is how I think, you know? Like because it's like wow. In the same way, isn't it the same brain cells? <laughs> Why is it the same brain or something? So like I was like, if if this if this is like the outcome, right? I guess like my my um work process like has some merit to it. So um yeah, that's how I usually tackle most of my most of my artistic works. So yeah. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ijoma. This, this is the part I was waiting for, and it, 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 yeah, it gave everything it was supposed to give. It really, really did. So, since we are running out of time, how about we switch gears? And um, because I, I still have a couple of questions and you know things I want to talk with um, about you know the the African illustrator and artist scene. But how about we pause here and take questions or comments from the audience and then we can close up with, you know, your, your thoughts about, you know, what Africa and Africans have going on, you know, in the art scene. And that way, if people need to take off, they can take off. Does that sound good? It's all right. It's okay, it's okay by me. Yeah, that's right. That's great. All right. So I'm going to turn it over now to the folks who are in the room and I'm going to make, go through and make sure everybody can speak. Welcome to anyone who joined while we were talking. So yeah, you have Ijoma, you have Mark Yazizian, your questions, your comments, your thoughts. If you can't speak, I'm also available by DM. So you can send me a question there as well. And... um. Let's see how we do this. It's not a whole lot of us in here, so you can just go ahead. Go ahead, Laura. You could just unmute yourself and ask your question, and then if someone is talking and you have a question, just raise your hand. That way I know to call you after. But go ahead, Laura. Well, it, it's just a comment, really, because I was struck by what Z said about Helen's writing, um, like in that Konara story, improving, you know, on the on the folklore. And I think that's really true that, you know, we have this role to play. And I just wanted to say thank you to the artists, because when I see beautiful art, 
in a book, and unfortunately it's, you know, mostly in children's books, but I think all stories deserve to have great art. You really improve my experience as a, a reader. You, you give me a better story. So I just wanted to say thank you for the work you do. I think it's miraculous because I can't do anything but color and coloring book, but I love what you guys do. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. And, and you know, I struggled with that as well because uh, The Runaway Princess and Other Stories is not a children's book by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it is not a children's book. But who says adults can't have picture books too, right? Who says adults can't have, especially if, you know, the art is compelling and, I mean, it's adding to the, the body of available um, artwork focused on African folklore. Why, why not? Why not? So I'm I'm really glad I... I opted in that direction. And like I've said probably nine times during this session, I'm really glad you guys are making art because you you make a girl dream, man. You make, and and the, the interesting thing is I have for each character, um, you know, that, that thing folks did, was it last year or earlier this year, um, uh, Artists of Africa? That was a gold mine because I just, I basically went through there and followed, you know, people whose art looked interesting. And then as I'm reading these stories, I'm like, oh, yeah, this person's art will work for this character. That person's art will work for this character. So it's just been an amazing experience for me. And then seeing you guys go so hard, like, thank you. Thank you, really. Um, and thank you for enjoying it as well, Laura, because you, you, you are like one of the first audiences. So if you and other people are enjoying the stories and the art then then something something is going right any any other questions or reactions from from any of you Zizian, Ijoma, Mark, to Laura? Yeah yeah I just wanted to say um yeah I've been seeing Laura's work and she's been phenomenal like she's like one of my biggest sources for all this uh, art, uh, like um folklore and stories and everything she did like this huge compilations and everything and I, I was amazed. Like, and I've taken, I bookmarked almost all of them. <laughs> I think I carried that uh, spreadsheet. Thank you so much, Laura. That that's an amazing work, and it's done a lot to preserve. Um, yeah, it's done a lot to preserve um, these stories. I really, I, I personally, like I said, I think that is my jam, and I'm very glad that these stories still exist and they will be existing in a long time. Thanks in part to your work. So thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much, Helen. That this what you're doing is honestly, it's what has should have been done a long time ago. And to see two women pioneering this, this is fantastic. Please keep up the good work. We're rooting for you all the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to Laura too, because like I said, you know, working with her has just transformed everything I do. And yes, to preserving African stories in every way possible. And if you don't have it yet. Um, Laura put together this massive guide to African uh, folklore and children's books on Internet Archive, which is an online library. So if you don't have that yet and you love African stories, you absolutely should have it. And it's available on her website. So any other questions, thoughts, comments before we, we dive into this one last section and then we wrap up for the evening? We have someone commenting. Of course, Mark. Of course. Of course. De rien, comme on dit, hein? de, de, de absolument rien. If there are no questions, thoughts, comments from the audience, let's do a quick one-minute roundup, right, from Ijoma, Mark, and Zizian. Your, your expectations, hopes, aspirations for the future of art and illustration of and by African people. Ijoma. Okay, all right. So, basically, um, this um this is a this kind of this kind of uh, mission as i put it i'm putting it as a mission because it's kind of my mission and i see you have basically the same mission to promote african folklore and um the supernatural basically to a wider audience is not a one person job as i've started to understand it's not a one person job and as more people get on it it's it I, I think it's great that more people more and more people are getting on it and there are so many possibilities to explore and this is just one of them this this um the kick this kickstarter is just one of them and i hope i actually yeah usually most people are looking for less competition in the field but honestly i don't i actually hope more and more people join in 
more artists, more because the more you see people doing this stuff, the more people will actually want to engage with what we're doing. Right. It's almost right. like it might be a situation of demand creates supply or supply creates demand, which came first, chicken or the egg. But right, yeah, right. this is it's still it's still something that will be talked about from years and years to come. Who knows? You, you never know. Um, Helen, you might be credited one day, like in a footnote or just an entire paragraph. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a rap lyric where it's like, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be a legend. Like I'm just trying to stand <laughs> with people who are doing good work. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm right there with you, Juma. Why compete when you can collaborate? That is my guiding principle in the work I do. If we can collaborate, let's collaborate. We don't need to compete. There is there is enough food on the table for everybody. Everybody. Right. Yeah. There is there are more than enough stories and and a continuously expanding way to tell these stories. There is enough food on the table for everybody. So we can collaborate. We can feed and enhance each other's work. Like look at how you guys are transforming this book for me. So right there with you. Right there with you. Um Mark, quick one minute thoughts on the future of African illustration and all of that. Well, uh, to add to what Joma said, I'm really so impressed by what uh, Africans are doing so far, especially in Nigeria, especially with the, with the rise of the comic industry and also the animation. I believe we have uh, animation that is, we have like two animated projects that are coming from Africa that have been proposed. Uh, by Nigerian houses, I think. I don't, I don't remember the titles, but it was a great win for us because I myself, I think by next year or in the next couple of years, I'll be bringing short films that illustrate African mythology and present it to the world like never seen before. And like I said, meeting you, finding this channel was really like a gold mine because. I can assure you I already have like two extra characters and I've modified a lot of things in my own stories just to make sure that we spread the good news. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your, your hard work and your dedication because it shows it shows in everything you do. So thank you. Um Zian? Okay, so for me, um my hopes for the future um future of the African art scene. Um Nigeria, I think Nigerian musical culture right, has been like a big thing, like abroad and um, other countries in Africa. And I'm hoping like at some point it becomes the case for African art as well. But mm -hmm. I guess like there is, it can be debatable, like what is African art, right? And I'm talking about like contemporary art, not just the kind of stuff you see like on with traditional artworks. Like I'm talking about African art made by digital artists, right? Where we gain like some um, recognition and respect and renown. And um, on a personal level, like, I guess I'm hoping for like more commissions, essentially. You know, like it's, it's, one, it's one thing for art to um, be the reason you stay alive, but like it's, it's also another thing for arts to give you the resources to keep being alive. So like, and so if you can stay alive while doing the thing that gives you like a reason to live, right? Like it's, it's like a dream come true. Yeah. So um, that is, that is my hope. Um, let's, let's see how it goes. Indeed, let's see how it goes. And I'm just sitting here looking at my notes. We, you know, we didn't even circle back to what life is like as a freelancer and talking about mentors and supportive family. Um, but I'm thinking that we might have to do this again, you know, just as we add more illustrators to the project, um, have another meet and greet and hearing from people. And, you know, you guys will be the seniors in the room. Eh? <laughs> you'll be the seniors in the room and you'll be able to say young grasshopper. You know, when, 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 when I started, you know, this is how things were. But anyway, um, one hour is never enough for you guys, but we, I think we made it, we made it work. Um, I'm really glad that you all made time to join today, but especially um, the artist, Mark Ejomazizian, I'm really, really grateful. Um, I'm in the UK, so it's after midnight for me, and I know that 
some of you are in African countries, so it's really late, and I really appreciate your time. Um, any any last questions, comments from the audience before we wrap up things? If not, then that is all we have today. Oh, um, just one last thing. Um, I think you've linked my my um, online store in the links here. So just buy my art as well. <laughs> I do free, I do freelance, but I also like sell my artwork. So like, you can buy my art. Check it out. Of course, in of course. the link above. Thank you. Thank you. No, of course. And thanks for putting that on my radar because I also link to um, Ijoma and Mark's portfolio. So please check them out. Please give them your support. Um, thank you all so much again. Mark, Ziziani, Ijoma, everyone who made it here today, I'm really, really grateful for your time. And I will see you all on the Twitter streets. Please be safe out there. Um, the world is a bit crazy, but we have each other, right? So please take care of yourselves, take care of your people. And yeah, hope you have a good night, a good rest of your day, and a great weekend ahead. Thank you all. <laughs>